All right, I'm here today with Johnny Lazarus. Um, both of us went to Mercyhurst. Johnny is a uh, men's hockey player at Mercyhurst or was a men's player at hockey, men's hockey player at Mercyhurst. Um, Johnny, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course. So we got in touch um, because of Cody Miles, who, um, for people that are listening that go to Mercyhurst or have been to Mercyhurst, um, he is the one that started uh, Exit 44. And I'm sure you guys have heard, you know, me talk about it uh, on the podcast before and even on Instagram and stuff like that, promoted his stuff, uh, buying his merch and that. But yeah, Cody reached out to me and he told me after we recorded a podcast that he, he was like, hey, you got to check out this kid, Johnny Lazarus. He, he's a hockey player at Mercyhurst, uh, one of my buddies. And I didn't know who you were because I, I, I didn't have the chance to ever meet you um, because I graduated before you got to Mercyhurst. But um, but yeah, he he reached out to me and told me he's like you got to have this kid Johnny on your podcast he's podcasting uh himself and he, he does really good work and he's a good dude funny guy and and stuff like that so I, I wanted to reach out to you and I mean here we are now so uh if you want to talk a little bit about your podcast and like you know who you are as a person and, and you know what what you're up to these days yeah I mean that was quite the introduction there thank you for that um I appreciate that and it's funny because like me and Cody had class together for probably a full year and like when you know six months without even like introducing ourselves to each other but we've obviously become really close as the time's gone on uh cody's a great dude so i appreciate him you know saying my name to you and bringing me up to you that's awesome but as far as my podcast goes i mean i started it a little over a year ago when i was a senior at mercyhurst i graduated in the may 20 in may 2020 so i'm in that class of 2020 that can i curse on here yeah, no, you can curse. I swear all the time, and it's probably distasteful, but it's just, it's just how I. No, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, the, <laughs> so, I'm the yeah. same way. I'm a hockey guy, locker room guy, but like basically the class of 2020, you know, we we all kind of got fucked. So, um, you know, just for lack of a better term, like my podcast kind of took off a little bit then, like as the pandemic started, just because I had nothing else to do. Like I was doing online class at the University of Florida, like when I I just was staying with my girlfriend when all this started. Because, you know, New York was a very big hotbed for COVID. I'm from Long Island and New York City. So um, I did not want to go home and just be stuck in my house. Like, I just wanted to visit my girlfriend in Florida. And it turned out to be, like, an unreal seven weeks just, like, hanging out in Gainesville. Because, like, Florida, obviously, I mean, throughout this whole thing, Florida hasn't taken COVID, like, insanely seriously. But for the first two months of COVID, like, we weren't even wearing masks. Like, there was no cases in Gainesville, which was nuts. So I didn't even experience, like, that first huge scare of COVID, but back to my podcast, like I started it, uh, in February, but I didn't want to post any episodes because I was an NCAA athlete and I just, you know, we, we cursed and we said stuff that I just didn't feel comfortable putting out there as an NCAA athlete, just in case, you know, they said something, but, um, you know, we really kind of got started, like as the pandemic just went on because we didn't really have full-time jobs. I mean, we were applying and everything, but there was really nothing else to do. And we got lucky with the timing. I mean, I tell everyone that timing is so big in anything you do in life, like even in relationships and in starting a podcast. I mean, we got lucky that we were able to find guests because nobody was doing anything. Everyone had 30 minutes of their day just to sit down and talk to us. You know, everyone was like so easily accessible during the time of like April through June last summer. And, you know, it it turned out to be for us, obviously, you know, we don't want to say the the pandemic was a blessing, but to us in that sense, it kind of was that we just took advantage of what was thrown at us, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And now uh, with you saying that, are you one of those people that believe that, uh, uh, and I know this is kind of like getting a little deep as a question and I'm not even trying to come off as motivational because I hate that. I hate that shit. But 
Um, do you believe that life happens to you or life happens for you? Because I, that's my initial thought with like the whole pandemic and everything like that. Cause that's how the, this podcast that we're on right now stemmed, it stemmed from the pod, uh, from the pandemic and not being able to see, see your friends and, and see people. And then, you know, probably same as you, it's just like, Hey, like I like to talk to people. I like to be around people and I got a couple ideas. So, you know what, fuck it. Let's just see where this goes. Um, so I just want to get your thoughts on that because that's based on what you're saying. That's kind of like where my mind mm -hmm. went listening to you. And so I'm just curious to see like, like if that was your mindset and like, what's your perspective on that? As yeah. Well? I mean, I've never really thought about it that way. I mean, I, I mean, I guess this kind of is the same thing, but I believe that everything does happen for a reason. And I guess that can be considered life happening for you. Um, I mean, obviously there's uh -huh. been situations that I wish I didn't get myself into and, you know, things, not that I necessarily regret, but things I wish that I did do differently. But then again, like all those things and challenges that I faced in my life and the times that were really tough have gotten me to this point. And yeah, I'm not like in a great position right now. Like I'm not the happiest I've ever been right now, but I also feel that where I'm at right now is definitely a challenge that will make me stronger five years from now, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. And to, to, to piggyback on that, I, that I feel the exact same way. Like I uh, definitely, I've never been one to, I would say have mental health issues, not in the aspect of like, you know, it like a severe uh, case, but you know, you, you hear people talk about it all the time and stuff. And it wasn't really until this pandemic hit that I feel as though a lot of people, you know, really, you know, struggled with that and went through that. And it was kind of like, you know, when you were, when they had the lockdowns and, you know, you're kind of confined to your home or wherever you're living, it kind of like everything just hits you at once. And um, I know for me, it was like the same thing. Like, you know, baby steps to getting happier and getting to where you want to be. And, you know, that would, that was the thing for me was, you know, okay, podcasting is not in a sense therapeutic, but it's almost in a way of like, Hey, like if we can collab, we can talk, we can share ideas and it's just a way to connect. It's a new way of connecting. And obviously like podcasting is just exploded as a whole. So, you know, that's, that's where, that's where I would, I would say, stem the idea from. And, you know, once I heard Cody basically saying that you were, similar in that avenue i, I definitely wanted to reach well, out man the difficult video. thing about the pandemic for guys like us i mean you're a super social guy just i mean i know we haven't met but everything we've talked about um like the hardest part right is like and i tell people this too like this is obviously a little a little deeper as well like i, I don't want to be too you know corny and, and and deep on this podcast that's not really who i am but um just the way it's going uh -huh. i mean like i got to the point where you know people my friends were telling me like you know what's going on like you're not yourself and i was like kind of no shit i'm not myself man like i'm a guy who like loves going out to the bars and hanging with my friends and being social and i can't do that right now so like obviously i'm a little freaked out and like i like i literally told my girlfriend like you know people were just saying like i'm being a little boring and i'm not like trying to have fun like i was just happy staying home and being with my family and doing nothing which was fun for me but at the same time like i i kind of just started to like miss myself you know what i mean like did you get that feeling at all where you just like literally missed being you because like that's literally like i had a mental breakdown one day like literally a month ago and i was like wow like i'm really just not myself right now and like i don't know how to get out of this funk I, like i wish i can go to bars and be with my friends and just do what i would like a normal 24 25 year old would do but that's just literally not my reality right now and, and it's really hard to get around that no, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm right there with you on that. And, um, I mean, this isn't something that like I've openly shared, but, um, but like, you know, the people that are closest to me, I shared with, because that's, that's how it was for me is that like, and then I was out in Denver and then, uh, the pandemic hit pretty badly in Denver. And then obviously like you hear about how bad it was in New York. 
Um, and then our lease was up April 1st. So just like with everything going on, we came back, but you know, we've never really experienced a pandemic like this before, like really ever in our life. So like just, you know, not being ignorant to the pandemic, but just being ignorant to like the severity of what it could be. We were, you know, me and my roommate were just like, oh, this will last for like a week. Like this will be two weeks. Like, you know what I mean? And then when you are in such a routine of like, like you said, like being yourself, going out to the bars, having like things to do, like, cause I would travel like maybe like one, two, three times a month oh, wow. per se, like any weekend I can get, I'd be out. But that, that was also because like, I could afford to because I saved my money from mm -hmm. doing real estate and I wasn't really focusing on building my business of real estate. It was more so of like, I'm young, you know, like I, I just want to live. Like, so I'm going to go check out all these different places. But then once you can't do anything anymore, it, it's like, you're, you're like a shell of yourself because you're like, I've never, like, I don't know. You almost kind of like lose your identity in a way of like, I, I don't know. Have you listened to Gary V ever? And it's like, Yes, I listen to Gary Vee a lot, but only from the perspective of I like his message um, because I feel as though I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel as though uh, and this isn't like me shitting on him because um, uh, I look at him as like a mentor from afar. But I think a lot of those guys that have such a big following and are such big business people, th their their message could get lost in translation because they're also putting out content because they're trying mm -hmm. to grow and become bigger what they already are so i think like the how he's like hustle 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 you know do whatever the fuck you want live your live your truth be happy i think that is a good message but i think it gets lost in translation because like i said like some some people may not be able to like what i did just be like fuck it i'm gonna go live in boston i'm gonna go broke okay i can come home my mom's gonna let me live with her i can save my money not pay rent not pay groceries then Oh, my buddy. Oh, two of my buddies, Jordan and Colin, uh, were like, hey, move to Denver. We could live with each other again because mm -hmm. we were roommates at Mercyhurst. And to literally be like, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to get my real estate license out in Denver and just go to Denver. Like, I, I, I think that, like, not it, – it's – I don't want to say unfair, but I think it's the wrong message to, in a way, like, kind of be like, just go do your thing because it's just like – I, I'm in a very like rare situation. Like not many people can just do that. Like that's not practical for them. So I think it's like a, like, it's like a walking a thin line of like, okay, yeah. How can I apply that message to my situation to be practical no, I about it? I completely agree. Yeah. So that's like, yeah. And that's like kind of like where I, I like where I stand with Gary Vee, but, but as a whole, I, I think he's extremely undervalued in terms of uh, as yeah, his no, place I, and I culture. Mean, I completely agree. Like I, I only, started listening to him like and i'm not like a huge fan or anything but i i do like like i follow him honestly just watches like tiktoks i think his like one minute clips are just you know super motivational but one thing he said that like really actually stuck with me so far at least from what i've heard that i try to think about is like when you're 40 50 years old you're going to think about the things you didn't do you know so like now take those risks take the time like while we're young to do those things because one day you'll wake up and be like oh shit like that was the time to try these things i should have done it you know Absolutely. And it's kind of funny because like going back to the whole, like, do you think yeah. life happens to you or life happens for you? And I transferred from the first school I was at because like I was, I was miserable and I'm just like, I don't even want to fucking play the grass anymore. Like, I don't even want to do this. But then, you know, I transferred to Mercyhurst and I was actually having fun. 
And, and then after I got kicked off the team, I was like, oh, I've never been a student before. So like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. And then it's kind of funny because I became friends. I, you know, I became closer with a couple of the football guys, hockey guys. Um, and then a couple of, a couple of the soccer guys too. And then the, one of my roommates at the time, Colin, his, uh, two of his best friends were in a fraternity at Ohio state. And we were always, you know, we, I think we went up there like three or four times. Like we went there for the Michigan game when being, having that freedom of, Oh, going to visit other friends at other schools and being able to just be a student. I actually say as crazy as it sounds was the best thing that ever happened to me was getting kicked off the team because it allowed me to experience student athlete life. And then it allowed me to experience normal student life and looking full picture. I felt as though it gave me the best college experience. As yeah. A I mean, I, I honestly, I never got to experience college, not as an athlete. So I can't really like relate in that sense, but I mean, obviously every athlete thinks about it. Like, you know, at some point, like, man, that'd be so nice to just have no responsibilities. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, getting, getting uh, to you though, and really diving into like who you are and what you're about and stuff like that. So, uh, how did you? How did you end up? At um, so I actually, just like you, I transferred. Um, I was originally at UMass Amherst, and I, I mean, I, I loved it there. Like, um, UMass was a blast. But, was... um, is that is is yeah, the zoo it's, it's the UMass zoo, Amherst but, uh, or is when, that when I was there? Okay. the hockey culture okay. was, was trying to change, so they called it New Mass, which is now stuck with the hockey team. But as far as the normal student goes, yeah, it's still the zoo. But, um, no, yeah, I mean, I loved it. I just – I wasn't really playing a lot. My sophomore year, I played, like, two out of the first, like, 15 games. And, um, you know, luckily for me, the coaches were, you know, brutally honest. Like, you know, yeah, I didn't, I didn't love the way they, uh, you know, went about interacting, I guess, with me all the time. But, like, what I do credit them is that they were super honest with me, telling me, like, hey, like, you're not going to play every night. Like, you'll get in every now and then, but you're not going to be an every night guy, which is, you know, obviously not something any player ever wants to hear. But – you know, when you are a sophomore in college, you like, like I try, I tried to prove them wrong and I, you know, I did my best and it got to the point where I had to be real with myself. And I was like, okay, these, these younger guys are playing, younger guys are playing more than me. Like, it's not even like, you know, these kids are going to graduate and I'll have a spot open. Like there's 13 freshmen playing above me. So I don't think this is going to change anytime soon unless something miraculous happens. Um, so I kind of had to like look for a new opportunity. Like at the time, all I really cared about was playing hockey. I didn't really think about anything else. Like I didn't think about a social life or class or profession or anything. Like all I wanted was to play hockey. Like that's literally all I loved, all I cared about doing. Um, so I honestly, I transferred to Mercy here. So without even like looking at the school or even knowing where it was, I just knew the, the assistant coach. And I was like, all right, I, I love this guy. Like he loves me. Like it'll be a good time to play for him. We have a good relationship. Like go where you wanted. Right. So just committed to Mercy here. So, like at Christmas of my sophomore year, went in halfway through the semester or halfway through the season, which was also really tough. Cause like, you know, guys have been, you know, bonding for the, the previous five months, previous semester. And you come in as a new guy, like midway through the year, it's kind of tough to, you know, you, you miss out on a lot of inside jokes and all that kind of stuff. So I had a really tough time when I transferred and then I had to sit out for a year following that. So that was like literally the hardest part of my life. But um, yeah, no, that's, that's how I ended up in Mercyhurst. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm lucky that I was given a second chance to be a division one athlete. And, uh, yeah, man, no, no regrets. Um, going back to what you were saying about how, you know, you weren't playing and it, it wasn't, it wasn't what you wanted was, um, getting a little bit deeper into that. Um, were, were you not, by you not playing were, was your mindset like, 
all right, I just need to wait my turn and my time will come and maybe I'll get on the ice junior or senior year. And then when I get my chance to get on the ice, I'm going to ball the fuck out and they're going to kind of be like, damn, we should have played them earlier. Or were you just like, I want to play and I'm not playing and I know I can play. So I'm just going to go to a different school where I can play right away. And, you know, I can yeah, show I mean, that was kind of what I can do. Like, um, you know, and to be honest, okay. I, I, I didn't end up playing as much as I thought I would, but it's all performance. Like I didn't perform the way I should have, or I thought I could have at least, um, you know, like you have to earn the opportunity to play, you know, like I, I, I thought I earned playing time, but not what I wanted anyway. Um, which was tough though. Like that year sitting out, like I, th- I think they've changed the rule since I transferred, but it's really hard to, to keep the same kind of passion for the sport when you sit out for a year, I feel, I mean, maybe it was just me, but, like at the time hockey was kind of like my identity or at least what I thought was my identity. And it was the one time in my life where I didn't feel like a hockey player. Cause I was just literally going to the rink every day and practicing and not even looking forward to weekends. Cause I would just sit in a suit and stands and watch the games. Like it was just such a difficult time for me to enjoy the game of hockey. And the only reason I'm asking that is because, um, you know, before we get into it is after Alabama won the national championship this year, uh, Najee Harris, who's their starting running back, he was talking about the the announcers were talking about how the Nick Saban built the culture of Alabama and how it's next man up and how it's like we don't you know we don't care if you're a five star recruit you're you're coming in and you're, you're waiting your turn and you're, you're playing when you play and that notion of like you know you're a baller and you know uh, that you're good or you know that you can contribute but you're just not getting your chance. Um, I'm always fascinated in like how how you mentally stick with it versus I, I'm, this is this isn't for me and like I don't know Elvin Kamara personally but he wasn't starting at Bama he transferred to Tennessee he started there broke all these crazy yeah. records and then ended up getting drafted to the Saints so it's like I'm always curious because like I, I was in the same boat like I didn't play at Hobart my freshman year I didn't play because kids were just flat out better than me sophomore year I got hurt and then my junior year I was you know maybe cracking the third line and it was just that like like you said like I didn't enjoy going to practice I didn't enjoy being at the games because I'm just like yo like I know I can contribute but like I'm not playing here and it kind of it kind of like you know fucked with me mentally because like, so you know what like similar to you I'm like I don't know anything about Mercyhurst uh I just I had two buddies that went there Alex Misterman uh and Tyler Megan and I'm just like they talk about Mercyhurst like it's the best thing on yeah, earth I mean, so I, like fuck it I'm for just me it got to the point where like practice every day it's not that I hated going to practice but like you said like I was competing with you know a lot of really good players it's not like mm-hmm. I didn't think everyone was so much better than me but they were performing in the in the games and, and then hockey like you have six guys that don't even dress like I was literally sitting in the stands you know watching my team play which was really pain- like that, that that sucks you know and uh like when you, we upset I remember like one night specifically this is at UMass we we upset Providence who was like the number seven team in the country and I didn't play that night. I was like literally in the stands watching and like I was in the locker room after the game trying to be like, I was happy that we won, but like it was so painful to like not really feel like I was a part of it, you know? Yeah. See now I, the same exact thing, my, um, not, not that it pained me that I wasn't a part of it. Uh, Cause I was dressed, but I was on the sidelines my freshman year. We, uh, we played Syracuse in the, in the dome and I believe at the time they were, they ended up going to the national championship that exact same year and they lost to Duke in the finals. 
but we uh my freshman year we played them in the dome and we beat them and i think they were like number two or number three in the country and it was like the first time um in a couple of years actually that hobart had beat syracuse because uh they, mm-hmm. they used to be a big rival because hobart used to be division three um and then it's like the crowd the Kraus simmons trophy between hobart and syracuse and i remember um just being there and we won and we got to storm the field and i just remember like i said to my mom i'm like i don't even care that i didn't play i'm like i can't believe that just fucking happened because it's just like you beat Houston in the dome and they're a nationally ranked team it's just like that experience in and of itself whether i played or not like not many people like get that opportunity to do that so like that was the only time that i was ever like hey i don't give a fuck that i'm playing <laughs> i'm excited but for the most part like yeah like when you're not playing and then like you know, you're not necessarily enjoying the school itself from the perspective of like, okay, if I was just a student, I'd have fun here. I think that that weighs on you and that, that it just, it completely hinders your performance because it's just like, it, it, it like kind of deteriorates your oh, performance and then it makes you look worse than what like, you actually are. Like that's like, what, what really, your thoughts on that? you know, kind of got me was I'm a huge like off ice, love to have fun kind of guy. Like, you know, go out every Saturday, that kind of stuff. And like, my mindset mm-hmm. was like literally like I said all I cared about was hockey and if I didn't play good like I, I wasn't going out like I just couldn't really enjoy it and that's what really like started to mess with my mind was like man if I'm not even first of all I'm not enjoying hockey right now second of all I'm not even being myself away from the rink like my mentality is just so bad right now like I just need, I literally just needed a change of scenery I think you know but then again like I mean you, you keep saying you, you love Mercyhurst and, and, and that stuff. And, and I loved my time at Mercyhurst too, but like I, I felt that I got the complete 180 from both things that I was looking for. Like I had more fun playing hockey at Mercyhurst, but I didn't love the social life. Whereas at UMass, like I started to hate hockey, but I loved the social life. So it was like kind of, you know, it was like the grass is always greener in a sense. And I didn't really know what I cared about more at the time. Like mm-hmm. looking back now, like I kind of wish – I stayed at UMass for the social life aspect because that's just like who I am as a person as opposed to like hockey. Cause I'm not gonna be a hockey player forever. But then again, mm-hmm. like I'll never regret, you know, being able to play hockey again. Like I would have been so depressed, like not playing at UMass for those last two years. Absolutely. And I think, I think that that's huge because I just had uh, my buddy, uh, Mark Darden, he was on the last episode of the podcast. We lived together and he was talking about that. He was saying like he played um, and he was saying that if he didn't go to Hobart for lacrosse, he like, if he didn't play lacrosse, he probably wouldn't even have went to Hobart. And he was just saying that he finds it important to like, you know, and it's hard because you go like, obviously, you know, when you get recruited, they roll out the red carpet for you, but then when you get yeah. when you get uh, to campus, you're just you're just another number, and it's just like, yeah, like they're like, oh, you know, come here, we got this, you're gonna play, and da 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 da, and it's like not not that it not that they lie to you because they don't because like the thing is is like you're not gonna like a coach isn't gonna waste his time recruiting you and bringing you onto the team and getting you enrolled in the school if you don't belong there like that they're not going to bring someone that can't play onto the team like that's a waste of their time there's so many kids that play that they could just pick someone else but um what would you now what would you say like say there's a kid right say uh say there's a kid that um you know you're doing you say hypothetically you're coaching hockey or something like that or youth level and some kid comes up to you he's like hey johnny like i want to play d1 hockey or i want to play juniors like uh what what can I do? Like, what, what, what would you say? Like talking to a younger Johnny Lazarus, 
um, about the journey of hockey and playing juniors and, you know, getting to the D1 level, like what would your advice be on that? And like, what, what have you learned along the way that you weren't prepared for that you would advise um, a younger kid? I mean, it really depends on male, the age, obviously. Uh, like about. if we're talking to a 16-year-old versus like a 14-year-old, I think it's different. Um uh, yeah, no, I'm, t- I'm saying I should have specified more because uh, hockey's like that. If you, if you are just starting to no, play at 16, not, like, honestly, no, that's, that's you're not, not true, going man. anywhere. Like, no was, offense. I was, yeah, I was so, a bloomer. Like at 16, I don't think anyone oh, really really? Thought, thought anything of me as a hockey player. And then like once I turned 18, 19, because you could play junior hockey, so you could play till you're 21 and then go to college. Like you get – like that's the thing about hockey that's such an advantage over the other sports is you get those three extra years wow. to develop and you can go play D1. I mean, sure, you're going into college like a 20, 21-year-old freshman, but like, you know, any if, if you ask any other athlete that like, you know, wasn't going to make it out of high school but can go play three years and try to make it at, try to make it after, like you're telling me those guys would say no. I think any other athlete would try to do that. No, 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 you're yeah, good. And but, I mean, I, t- yeah, I completely take back that know. ignorance, uh, not sound like an asshole. I just, I, yeah, no, just, a, yeah, no, a couple of my buddies, like uh, one of my buddy, uh, Ryan Wheeler, he plays hockey for UConn. And then uh, another buddy of mine, Josh Gabriel, he played at uh, Canisius and then he played in the USHL for a year. And just like having, you know, like surface level conversations about it, like that was just something that I always heard just from the aspect of like, you know, skate, like skating is hard. So be able to skate at that level and have the skill it becomes more difficult. Whereas like I started playing lacrosse when I like when I got to high school. So it was just like, I feel like with certain sports like hockey, there's way more skill that's involved than per se athleticism. So that's, that's, you know, that's why I made that comment, but it's good to know. Cause I, I always thought about it that way, but it's good to know that like well, you, you, you're just like, that's not, that's straight up just not true. Yeah, no, I, was I think like it's a very valuable for, I mean, if like there is someone listening. For me, it was all about just sticking with it and trusting that like, it'll all come together at some point. I mean, but it's actually funny that you mentioned Josh Gabriel. Cause I actually played with him when we were younger at like the New York state development camp. I don't know if he'll remember me, but I just remember him. Cause he was like the strongest motherfucker at like fucking 14 years old. Like, no, we were on the same team and there was like, you know, <laughs> like they tested you on like pull-ups and, and all these different strength tests. And this kid was doing like 15 pull-ups as like a 15 year old kid. And I, like, I was a strong, like I was a scrawny little kid. I had to go after him or like, you know, a couple people after him, I got like maybe two pull-ups and I was like, holy shit, how is this kid so strong? Like that kid was a monster. So, and it, it is funny because like he, so his dad coached, his dad coached us in lacrosse. He coached us in JV. And I remember Josh was only in eighth grade. Uh, at the time and he was playing JV with us and I just texted Josh oh, no, actually, I and I said uh, do you remember Johnny Lazarus and he said yeah <laughs> uh, yeah um, I'm recording a podcast with him right now um, but yeah he showed up and he was balling like he was just he was so much bigger and faster than all of us freshmen as an eighth grader and we were just like yo who the fuck is this kid and like he, lacrosse for him was just something to do and we were just like dude how are you just like so uh like he he, we were just like how are you so dominant like 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 you said he was just bigger faster and stronger than everyone and it's kind of funny because like i always joke with them um because his family they get uh what they have they get wood delivered to their house and they they sell pallets of wood and shit and so like ever since like we were younger because i grew up with them um and he's one of my best friends 
is they were always chopping wood and shit. So they're always doing like that outdoor manual labor, like old school. And like, I think that's why he's always been that way. But it's funny you say that because anytime I've mentioned Josh to like a couple like buddies yeah, I, mean, I know that play I, hockey I that know him, that well. they I say the exact same thing younger, about him. But, but like literally the fact that I remember him, you know, from when we were 15, I think says something. I like literally thought that kid was going to the NHL, like fucking monster. And it's funny you say that because in uh, middle school, Mr. McCarville, he was our social studies teacher, and there would be write-ups in the Buffalo News and, like, Lancaster B about Josh. And I remember he was like, Mr. McCarville, like, when I went back to see him, he's like, hey, he's like, do you know this kid? He's just like, I had him in class or whatever. He's like, he's probably going to the NHL. And, like, everyone has said that about him. And I remember he got drafted to the USHL a year before he was supposed to. And when he wore – he wore, I think it was, like, the Tri-City Storm he went to. Uh, if that's – yeah, something like that. Um, but I remember he wore whatever team he got drafted by. He wore that team hoodie to like high school the next day, and everyone was just like, "Yo, this kid's going to the league." Like this kid, like this is the like we know someone that's going to the NHL, and like it's funny that it's just funny that a lot of people say that about him because like he he like he says it all the time too. He's like, dude, like he goes, I think people like I, he goes obviously like you know being humble and like obviously you don't want to fall trapped to the praise but he's just like it's funny that you know me and him talk about all the time he's just like it's just funny that you know you meet people because he knows other hockey guys from hearst and they all say the same thing about well, him, him he's just like it's just funny that people just say what? that about me <laughs> no, no 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 i'm not calling him cocky but it's just like you know how it is like like you know if you say if you committed to like uh, mercy dude, Hearst, like in high school you're outfit. proud you're like, like i'm gonna rock hoodie, so you know what i mean flip-flops backpack everything that's that's what i'm saying not even gonna let myself off the hook because if uh this was like a joint podcast with a couple of my boys they would roast my ass right now because after i committed to hobart they sent us like uh like team sweats with like your name and number on it and i rocked that shit religiously to school (laughs) if i was younger for sure man like i like i would have been rocking any school i was going to yeah so um so if, if you wouldn't mind, I know we've been all over the place kind of, but like just your experience as like a college hockey player, like what were, what were the expectations and then what were the reality of it? Like, I know like your expectations, you know, aren't follow, far off from the reality of it, but like, if there's some things that you, like I said, like you weren't prepared for and like that were, you know, a little bit of a learning curve, whether it was on the ice or just managing um, your schedule as a student athlete, like you're saying, like could like you talk what, more on that what, uh, if like there if you have anything or what in that regard? Yeah, like for me, it was just like like to give you a little context, like I like I wasn't prepared for how structured everything was in the sense of like you got 5 a.m.s, then you if you have class at 8 a.m., you go to 8 a.m. class, and then you got to go you know get treatment from the 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 team trainer if you have bumps and bruises and then it's just like okay you're watching film and then you go to individual practices like that's kind of like how we were structured at Hobart um where it was like from like most days from like 5 a.m until about like almost 11 at night it's either you're doing something with lacrosse or you're doing something with school and it's just like I knew that was the case, but I wasn't really prepared for the workload um, of yeah, it. I mean, well, I think and it kind of made me like have to mature hockey that uh it's so nice. Like I kind of got that routine for two years playing junior. Like, you know, you wake up at 9am, go to the rink practice, then you do a film and then you go to the gym after 
um, which was just great to prepare mentally for college. Like that's the beauty of junior hockey. Like if I went straight out of high school, like I would have been fucked. Like there's no way I would have been able to adjust. Um, but then again, like I think what surprised me most was, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to name drop because like, like I, like I don't know how else to say this. Like I got to play with guys like Kale McCarr who like literally won the NHL rookie of the year uh, last year. And then like Mario Ferraro on the sharks and John Leonard on the sharks uh-huh. and other guys in the NHL when I was at UMass and like, the extra time that these guys put in, like on top of, on top of the original schedule, like Kevin Carr's waking up at 8 a.m. to go skate before practice. Like he was doing his own separate private skate before the team. Like these guys that are making it to the NHL, like literally deserve to be there just because of the amount of time that they put in. Like I thought I, like I thought I worked hard always, but when I got to college, I realized that what I was doing was like nothing. Like I was doing the bare minimum that was required. Like I worked hard. When I had to, I never really did anything extra. Like, you know, my, my roommate, Griff Jessica, would go to the rink at night, like after class and shoot pucks, like for two hours. Like these guys are just literally like they're eat, sleep, breathe hockey. Like, and that's, that, that like, wasn't really me. I was not eat, sleep, breathe hockey. Like I loved it, but like, I, I also liked having a life outside of hockey, but man, like that was the one thing, like these guys that go pro, like, mm-hmm everyone everyone thinks like oh you know things went differently i could have went pro or whatever but the amount of time these guys put in is like so so ridiculous like it really is no no and yeah and that's and that's exactly like what you just said that's exactly like what i was uh trying to get to um when 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 i asked that question so i'm glad that it went that way because like to your point like i i hear from people all the time like oh if i would have taken it more serious it's like no motherfucker you wouldn't have because like those yeah. like you said the guys that actually play they deserve to be there like i know and lacrosse is not nowhere near the nhl in terms of like how difficult it is to play pro and like obviously it's not it's not as big but my um, my buddy Frank Brown, he plays for he played for the Iroquois national team. He currently plays for the Buffalo Bandits, and then he played for the Boston Cannons last year. And then I believe he's going to be playing in the PLL this year. But like when we were roommates, that like I used to think like, okay, this dude's a little crazy because like that's how he worked. He worked like a dog, and like on top of it, like in the summer, he was always playing in Canada, always playing on the reservation, just always playing lacrosse. And, you know, we still have conversations where he, he's just like, man, bro, my body's beat up. But like, like I got the firsthand experience to see how hard he works. And it's like, there's almost like a, uh, a notion that like natives are just naturally gifted at lacrosse, which a lot of them are. And they've definitely revolutionized the game of lacrosse. I don't think lacrosse is where it is today without the native um, influence, but like, no, like I got firsthand experience to see how hard he works. So like him being a pro and playing in all these leagues and getting to play in the world games, like to most people, I feel as though they're just like, Oh, he's just really skilled, but it's just like, no, like he's skilled, but he works like he has no skill. It's funny because like, there's a couple other kids that I know, um, like uh shout out to Greg Weil. I know he played uh pro for a couple of years. I don't know if he's going to be playing in the M- uh the PLL this year. I haven't really talked to him, but e- even him, I mean, he's a funny ass dude and uh he loves to like go out be with the boys and stuff like that, but like, you know, I got to see him, you know, how hard he worked and it's and it's funny too because like he worked hard and he was a goof, but the other thing too is like he was always on top of like how he ate and and stuff like that. So it's like even with Greg, it's like, okay, the people that are in the league, like they deserve to be there. Like no one gets to that level by mistake. 
Oh yeah, that's another thing too is the dieting. Like I didn't, re- I didn't realize how important like dieting was. Like I, dude, I, I drank, I drank root beer with like every meal until I was like nineteen, and I was like, like I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even like drink. I never drank water. Like I swear to God, I never drank water. And like to be fair, I don't think like, and and this might be a really stupid take, but I don't think like our parents' generation like really drank water. You know? No, like, I don't think it's a stupid. I don't think it's a stupid take at all. I think that it. Um, I think like with the rise of social media and then having people that are influencing health, like people like, and, and not to be that guy, but like people like Joe Rogan or having having access to podcasts where you have a lot of um, you know athletes talk about you know how they eat, and then you hear a lot of doctors talk about how you know if you eat the it, how you eat can you know almost make you sick. So I think that like our, our parents, cause I know I talked to my mom about this and she has said that um, the only thing that she wishes she had when she was younger was like that education on nutrition and how you eat and stuff like that. So no, I don't think that's a stupid take at all. I just don't think that the, the information was as accessible as it is today. And then on top of it too, it's just like, as a kid, like all you want to do is munch McDonald's. And then when you're hung over, that's all you want. And then like, obviously, you know, the Mercyhurst diet is natty light and then whatever you're eating when you're drunk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so the dining halls only serves pasta. So I was having pasta every meal pretty much. Yeah. Pizza, fat burritos. Like, like, I mean, you gotta, you gotta grocery shop and like put that as a priority eat because a lot of college campuses like they don't they don't necessarily they have a salad bar but they're not serving like you know actual food that's geared towards like athletes like they're just you know obviously they're getting food that appeases to everyone and not that it's a bad thing but a lot of people don't take their health seriously yeah no i mean definitely. and i don't mean to sound like an asshole saying that it's just it's just true though no you you, ha- you i mean if you if you want to perform you literally have to be a pro like 24 hours a mm-hmm. day you have to take care of your body and everything like i, I didn't realize how important that was like you know do you uh, now? Are you are you taking? Do you still take care of your body now that you're uh, done playing hockey, or is that just you know something that's, uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I go to the gym, but my mindset now is like, you know, I, I I'm not trying to get jacked or anything. Like, I just don't want to. Uh-huh. I just don't want to get fat and out of shape. Like, I, I like my biggest fear is like not being able to play pick up pick up basketball or like a pick up hockey game. Like, I I don't watch what I eat necessarily. Like, I try to. I've actually been doing the intermittent fasting. Like I usually don't eat until like noon um, Mm -hmm. and then I eat between like noon and eight, but like I'll eat like whatever I want. Kind of like, I'm not really like, you know, I'm not snacking. Like I don't eat ice cream or Oreos, but like, dude, I have, I probably have like a chicken cutlet sandwich, like four days a week for lunch. And then like, you know, whatever for dinner, but I'm not like, I'm not one of those people that, you know, is watching everything I eat. Like I enjoy food. I love food. Like I want to be able to eat good food, but then like I'll go to the gym. So I don't feel as shitty when I eat shitty, you know? No, absolutely. Because I think I think life's too short to not smash a chicken finger sub, a nice fat burger, or even like you know a little bowl of pasta here and there. So I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah. And on top of it, it's like there's no there's no like if you're not I think the same way. I just want to be able to like when I'm like 60, be able to be still functioning and moving, and then like like you said, not be fat or anything like that. Not that you know I'm I'm fat shame, and I definitely am not doing that. It's just like I just you know want to be healthy. No, I mean I, um, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not fat shaming. I just I prefer my personal preference. Like I I just have always been an athlete, and I I would like to remain athletic and and be able to keep up in like a competitive pickup basketball game or competitive hockey game. Did you guys ever play like competitive games at uh, at the rec? We dude, or, like, our, our team actually. Stuff? Yeah, I I got us. 
I mean, I don't want to say it was me, you know, individually, but I love, I love basketball. Like I literally tell her, I wanted to play in the NBA until I was like 12 years old. Like basketball was like, I just, I love basketball just as much as hockey. Like, I'm, I'm a huge Knicks fan, but um, I got a couple guys. Like, a Knicks fan? Yeah, I'm a Knicks fan. I'm, well, I'm from New York. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I didn't, I, I've never, I've never met a Knicks fan. Cause like a bunch of kids I went, I went to school with that are from like Long Island and stuff. They're like, they want nothing to do with the Knicks. Well, I mean, like they're just straight, like, yeah. Well, I mean, those are the right front runners, so, you know? but mm-hmm. yeah, of course, of course, which I love that. Like you just straight up were like, yeah, I'm a Knicks fan. Cause prior to these past couple of years, obviously from being from Buffalo, diehard Bills fan, mm-hmm. like, like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be ride or die with your squad. Like you can't be front running. I mean, I, I can honestly tell you, like you know, the last three years as a Nick fan, I didn't really watch every game because, first of all, it wasn't on TV, and I wasn't gonna stream them because they fucking sucked. But um, no, yeah, like like I got I got back to your question. Like I got you know our team to like maybe once a week play competitive basketball. It was so fun. Like we'd play five and five in the rec, and like it's just so funny watching hockey players like try to play other sports. Like normally. Hockey players are literally just really good at hockey and like are not very good at any other sports. Like some, you know, some have some soccer abilities. Like a lot of guys are pretty good at soccer as hockey players, but like as far as basketball or like football and baseball goes, like you know, the the, the stereotype around hockey players is that they're not very athletic outside of hockey. So it's kind of funny just to watch like you know our six five goalie try to take a three pointer and like his jump shot was so ugly. Like it was so funny. <laughs> no, it, it is hilarious because. Like I said, like you have kids that like are are like really good in their sport, but then you take them out of that sport to like play basketball or even like pick up football or something like that, and it's just like a, it's almost like a complete dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it's so fun though. And like sports though, it's it's such a good time. Oh yeah, in basketball, I think basketball is one of those like sports like where it's just like even if you're not good, you're still gonna have fun playing it. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, so. You know, kind of, you know, to because we're almost close to like the hour mark, you know, kind of just like wrapping things up a little bit here. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, one thing I did want to touch on because I, I like talking about it with people all the time is the like school itself and like college. Did you find um, and I and I, I know sometimes I can come across as like, you know, with the tone of like sc- college is a waste of time. It's it, But that's just not true. Like, it's very valuable. And I think everyone um should get uh high like a high level of formal education but did you find that um college helped you in getting to you know what you ultimately want to do or did you you know find that you really didn't learn what you expected you were going to learn in college um that's a tough that's a tough one i mean there's definitely a lot of classes that are just a complete waste of time like i'm not gonna lie in that sense Mm -hmm. like you know no, I can believe I, I I transferred to Mercyhurst and I'm a, I'm a Jewish kid. We touched on it, and I the first class I had mm-hmm. to take was I had eight a.m. three days a week fucking early Roman Christianity, which is, I'm never gonna have to talk about ever again in my life. Like I didn't need to take that class, but it, I went to a Catholic school, and I guess I had to, it was a requirement. Um, you know, uh-huh. That was that was just annoying for me personally because like I I was sitting in that class listening to like something that I just had no interest or background of. Um, mm-hmm. but as far as like learning stuff, man, the, the thing about Mercyhurst and like, I could say this from going to a big school like UMass to a small school like Mercyhurst, like when I was at UMass, it was so easy to cheat. Cause I was sitting in like a 300 person lecture. Like I wasn't really paying attention cause I knew I could get the answers from somebody in class. As far as Mercyhurst goes, mm-hmm. like it's a more intimate kind of class setting, like 15 people. And you have like the same, like you have the same two professors, for like every class. So like you get to know your professors, which is really cool. Like that doesn't really happen in most big colleges. So. 
Um, like that was really cool for me. And I definitely think that I was more interested in learning when I got to Mercier's than I was when I was at UMass. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think college is great depending on how you use it. Um, like I, I was lucky that I got two different experiences, like one where I like didn't really, you know, use class to my advantage and like really care about being a student. And then um, I kind of had to like flip that switch as I switched schools. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, obviously I, it, it depends though now, like, I think now we're starting to trend back to like where it was, you know, in our parents' generation where I don't think everyone really had to go to college. If you knew what you wanted to do, like if someone is, you know, mm -hmm. like you're in real estate, if someone's, you know, wants to do real estate, I don't think they really have to go to college. Right. Like they, uh, they can just, you know, take the classes and get a real estate license without a college degree, you know? Yeah. Like you, and, and that's like, I, I'm again, it's kind of funny. Cause like things that I want to bring up next you're like, you're just taking, you're taking the car and you're just driving oh, right sorry. through it. I mean, did I like, mean to take your thunder. Um, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying it like <laughs> that. I'm saying I'm, I'm enjoying like talking to you right now because uh, it's, it's, it's fun and uh, engaging in that. And like, that's like, kind of like, so like I got my real estate license um, as I said before on other episodes that, I got my real estate license because I originally wanted to go to law mm -hmm. school and I started doing internships and stuff. And I'm just like, this is not for me. And one of the attorneys I was actually working with, he was just like, you know, he's like, you know, you're a very personable person. He's just like, you're very like, uh, not passionate, but you're very like interested in what you're doing and you want to know the purpose behind it. So he's just like, honestly, dude, he goes, if this isn't for you, he's like, get your real estate license, try doing that. And I'm like, a realtor, like, I don't know, dude, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a salesperson and like any of that shit. But I got my, it, I think it was, I think I paid like a thousand dollars total. It was over the course of like paying for the course, paying for the class. Um, and then obviously like the fees that you have to, you know, pay to like hold your license and all that stuff. But no, I just paid like, I think it was like a thousand dollars total. I took a 75 hour course. I passed the New York state exam and then boom, you can just go sell. And it's like, you can go make as much money as you want. So um, with being in Denver and being in Boston, I, you know, just like how I got good at playing lacrosse was I just surrounded myself around guys that I was nowhere near the level of them. And I kind of just got better, just, you know, like the iron sharpens iron, just being better that way. So um, I personally think that sports and I, and going back to Gary Vee, I heard Gary Vee say this, but uh, I think that business is the fifth major sport because, you know, he says all the time, like, if you want to make it to the league in business, it is the same process as trying to make it to like the NHL, the NBA or NFL. So for me, I've always wanted to retire my mom, which I will. And I was just like, okay, if, you know, if you look at the statistics, it's like, I think it's like 80% of millionaires are like first generation millionaires. And then like a lot of people that are successful in business didn't necessarily go to college. So I became extremely inquisitive and like, I'd pick people's brains and I'd be like, yo, like, I, I don't want anything from you. I just want to learn from you. So like, like if I, if we could figure out a way that like, I'm like, I'll even work for free just to like pick your brain and like learn things. And it's, I always bring up the college thing, um, not to get too long winded, but I always find that everything that I learned from, you know, business mentors I have and stuff are all things that you never even hear about in college. Yeah. So like you said, like you were learning about Christianity, but it's like, okay, like you said, like I'm a Jewish kid, this is, does not apply to me. So like, instead of taking this, can I learn about like investments or how to invest in real estate or how does the stock market work? How do 401ks work? Or, you know, how do mutual funds work? Like things that are actually going to help you later in life or like, Hey, how does, you know, how do taxes work? 
stuff like that. So like, I always find that, you know, those are things that people aren't um, educated on necessarily, or it's not, would say a core requirement, whereas like a, like a, a Christianity class is. And I always just found like that to just be so ass backwards. Um, and that's why I always, I like to bring that this topic up to see what other people. Yeah, have to I, say mean, I also think like, I've learned a lot um, just from teaching myself. I feel like in the past year, like everything that I was super, like I didn't learn about yep. anything, you know, really in podcasting when I was in college. But then again, like I didn't really know much about it. Like I didn't, I didn't search out to, to learn about it, but you know, once you find something that you are interested in, um, I think it's definitely easier to teach yourself. Like I was, I, I, I learned about media and stuff. Like that's really what my passion was is to get into sports media. And I did take Mm -hmm. like media classes and I learned about media, but, um, you know, the thing with that is now, especially, I mean, like you need, if you want to do like broadcasting, you need that college experience. Like you need to broadcast like college sports or any kind of sports, whatever. But as far as like working in like social media now, there's high school kids that are running like, you know, accounts that have thousands of followers. Like these kids can teach themselves. You don't, you can literally go on YouTube and watch a 10 minute tutorial and teach yourself Adobe Premiere Pro. Like you can do that. Mm-hmm, and and that, like, I don't, I don't know if you necessarily need college, but college then again is also great for experience. And it's also great just to like, like literally just for yourself as a person, like building your own character. I mean, like people learn so much about themselves in college. I feel like, you know, that, that uh, you wouldn't learn not going to college. Without a doubt. And I absolutely agree. That's, and again, like that's, I, I know I come across as being like fuck college, but that's not the case. Cause it's, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today without Mercyhurst, but it um, to me, I, you know, looking back, I find college to be nothing more than um, a giant social club and a giant yeah. networking club. Because like, I, I didn't, like I said, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing with podcasting. Like I have no idea. Like it's just straight trial and error, trial and error. And I remember before we even got on, I called you a couple of days ago and I'm like, Hey bro, like you got any tips? And like, you said the same thing. You're like, dude, I'm learning myself. Like the only thing I could tell you is just don't stop. Yeah. Just keep making episodes and keep putting out shit. Um, and you know, you kind of learn as you go, which was surprising to me because when I looked at your Instagram page, I'm like, Oh fuck. I'm like, this kid actually knows what he's doing. I'm like, when I talk to him, I might sound like a clown. And like, you were just like, dude, I'm still, yeah, man, I mean, if, you, if you look at the first, like, couple of months of our instagram page like it's just all over the place you know like um i, I mean like you, you like yeah i mean you, you you're looking at me like you think i have it figured out and that's just like that's pretty insane because i feel like i don't have anything figured out still i mean i've definitely learned i've learned a lot in the past year um but that's that's the thing man like consistency is so important like if you just remain consistent like you'll continue to learn like if you know like hey i post my podcast every wednesday you know, like what you have to do leading up that week to make sure you're prepared for Wednesday. Like you can get clips, you can get sound bites, you can get graphics. Like you just need to prepare and have that consistency to know when everything needs to be done. Like that's, I think that's the biggest part like that I learned. Like we, we figured out like, listen, we're going to post an episode every week. So we're going to record our episodes like every Thursday. That gives us six days in advance to have everything prepared. And, you know, that's kind of how we did it and how we were able to, to do it. So once you find that, I think it's just smooth sailing from there. Like there's obviously going to be bumps in the road and there's growing pains to everything, but, um, you know, consistency is the most important thing. And then, you know, you'll, you'll gain listeners, you'll gain followers, and then people will appreciate that consistency. Like, um, you know, people will wake up, let's say, um, you know, you post your episodes on Fridays, it's going to get to that point where Friday morning, you know, people are like, Oh, it's Friday. I'm gonna listen to John today, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now with your podcast, um, well, well, hold on one second. Like before we touch on that, um, going back to like what we were saying about college and stuff like that, um, the, the networking aspect that I said in terms of like uh, the, it being a network club to explain on that, like, like I met me and you like got in touch through Cody, but that was because we all went to Mercy yeah. together. You know what I mean? So it's just like with some people, I find that, um, you know, if, if you went to school, like, I know this is an extreme, like a, a very, very extreme example, but just to get the point across, like if, you know, you went to Harvard and you were dating Obama's daughter and then I went, uh, I went to Cornell, we both, you know, you have like, I say a 3.0, uh, at whatever you're doing. And then I have like a 4.0 and all these clubs and stuff like that. And, you know, you wanted to work in the white house, you know, who, who on paper, you know, just hypothetically talking about it, who has a better chance of landing a job in the white house, you, cause you're dating Obama's daughter or me well, trying, because I had better grades, you know what, what I mean? Know, so, you know, right. It, yes. And I, obviously it's obviously you, you need to know what the fuck you're talking about, but for the most part, just from talking with, you know, people that are successful in business and all that, like this isn't coming from me. Um, but like, that's, that's like a consistent thing I always hear is that like, unfortunately the way the world works is that it's like, you got to know what you're talking about, but if you know people, no, that gets you true. even farther. 100% true. Yeah. So now with your podcast, I know we were talking about it before. Um, what is the, you know, what are you, what are you trying to get accomplished with your podcast? Like, I know you said that, um, it was just something fun for you and like, uh, your inner, you, you know, you're having people on from the Jewish community and stuff like that, but is there a goal in just mind that you have for your I podcast? In like 10 minutes, but, um, okay. okay. That's fine. Um, we'll end it on this. What was the question? What's the goal? Yeah. No, so I'll just no, I'll you're completely good. Re- I, I, like restart, but, um, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, well just, you know, to, to wrap it up here, cause we're getting a little tight on time. Um, talking about your podcast was this because that's how we started and I wanted to finish, but um, you know, what, what is your main goal with uh, your podcast? Like, is there something, is there like a message you're trying to get across? You're trying to bring more awareness to, you know, um, the Jewish community or, you know, like it's where funny you ask that because like what, when we started it, I mean, there was like, there was no thought about bringing awareness or trying to educate people. And not that, not that we even are now, like I never, I've never considered myself, uh-huh an educational type of person like i just think that i'm like i'm just like always myself i feel like and i'm just very authentic so like i mean like for me there there's been so many people that i've looked up to like in the sports world and just you know in the world in general that happen to be jewish and like when you are jewish you everyone just has that like very similar upbringing like being jewish is a very tight-knit community so i thought it'd be so cool like like why is there not like you know the average jewish kid just like interviewing these successful jewish people because like you know, you, I, I listen to podcasts like Pardon My Take or, uh, you know, even Mike, Mike Studd's podcast, like, uh, I think it's like YNK or you never know or whatever. Um, and then there's podcasts like Obama and there's podcasts mm-hmm. with all these celebrities. But none of those people, like when I listen to Obama interviewing Bruce Springsteen, like I can't relate to any of their shit. Like, I'm, like they're not relatable people. They're, you know, they're so popular. Like I, I think for podcasts, and that's why I love Big Cat and PFT so much is because like they're just literally the typical dude. Like there's, like they are like i'm relatable to them you know <laughs> the typical dude like and th- and that's yes. what i think people would want to listen to us for because we're not trying to like spit facts in your face or like like try to you know teach you something we're just like literally trying to entertain you as like what you would talk to these people about like you know like if you sat down with uh trying to think of an example i guess like you know with like we, we had adam Schefter on and like we're not trying to like 
have Adam Schefter break news on our podcast, you know, like, like no one's, no one's listening to me. No, to, to break yeah. NFL no. News. no one's listening to me for my like gambling advice or my, you know, exactly. knowledge on who's going to win the Stanley exactly. Cup. Like, I think people just would want to tune in, like just literally to be entertained and be like, Oh, oh it's funny. I didn't know like Adam Schefter went to sleepaway camp or whatever, you know, like that's just pretty funny. Like, I think that's, that's the appeal. Like, you know, like I, I hate listening to people that like try to just spit knowledge in my face. Like I like to listen to people that, like I can just relate to and laugh with, you know, like I feel like I'm friends with like the big cat and PFTs, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I only ask because it's like being similar. That was, you know, that's what I'm trying to get across with, with what I'm doing here is like, Hey, like, like you said, like all these podcasts have celebrities and all these people. And it's just like, yo, like that's cool and all, but like, we don't relate to them. So it's just like, why don't I have, I'm like, you know what, why don't I know, I know a decent amount of people. Why don't I have people like you on Cody and other people and just be like, Hey, so far in life, what was your experience? Like, tell me some funny stories. Like, tell me some lessons you've learned and boom, yeah, there you um, go. I, I completely agree. And I'll end it on this. When we were in Nashville, uh, we were in Nashville for the bills game last year. The San Jose Sharks had uh, like a little section right near us and Eric Carlson, Evander Kane getting after it. Like I'm talking like shotgun and slamming beers, just like just being absolute savages. Two days later, (laughs) they lost to the Predators seven to two. And the only reason I'm sharing that with you is because like consistently hockey kids just that, like you said, like hockey kids like to have fun. And I, I just think it's, like, hilarious that even at the pro level, you see guys just, you know, no fucks given. Like, the boys are just yeah, – the man, boys are going to have a night. Definitely get after it. That is for sure. Yeah. They are they are a great group of guys. So – but, yeah, man. So, uh, I know I know you're get, running short on time. So, I greatly appreciate you coming on the podcast, us talking. And um, I look forward to having yeah, you on tomorrow. Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll have to get together soon for a beer and uh, actually get to know one another. (laughs) Say less. So, all right, man. Well, thank you. And uh, sounds good. We'll be in touch soon.